Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie, and I'm here having a conversation with Preston Whitfield, and he's the director of hemp operations with FlexMod Solutions. How you doing? Doing well. Awesome. Getting ready to attend the HIA conference. Cool. All right. Well, that's awesome. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, FlexMod. You joined them recently, and uh, can you tell us a little history on FlexMod, what they actually do, and then we'll get into the hemp operations. Absolutely. So FlexMod was originally founded uh, about six years ago now by uh, our CEO, uh, Dano Keys. And uh, the original concept of the business was to offer, to actually modify shipping containers into grow rooms and extraction room technologies uh, for the cannabis uh -huh. industry in uh, starting in Colorado. And uh, from that, uh, with the expansion of the cannabis industry uh, and the emergence in the, the hemp scene, we have evolved into doing building place um, for, you know, everywhere from growing uh, to harvesting, drying, curing, uh, extracting, formulating, and then manufacturing, bottling, and labeling. So from genetics all the way to putting a product on the final shelf is what we help with. Uh, and okay. we also do you know, business planning, uh, SOP developments, ROI calculations, and feasibility studies for the industry to help our clients really take a full uh, understanding of what they're going to be getting into prior to putting a plant in the ground so they have a clear roadmap to success from beginning to end. Tell us a little bit about how you can help the hemp industry and the hemp movement, which I call the iHemp Revolution. Tell us a little bit about that and what your your plans are to help these entrepreneurs in the iHemp movement. Absolutely. I'd like to start off that con give a little bit of context around the industry as I see it. Uh, the okay. hemp industry sure. itself has been divided into uh, two industries. One is the cannabinoid hemp industry. Um, and then the other is the true industrial hemp industry. Uh, the difference that I know is the cannabinoid hemp industry is uh, growing all females, uh, generally growing them in more of a shrub style planting where, you know, you're anywhere from three to five feet on center, um, running anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 plants per acre. Uh, you're just giving them enough spread so that the flowers can uh, grow um, as full as they possibly can because that's where the cannabinoid content really counts. Uh, that is the majority of what we're seeing in the industry today. The industrial hemp sector is our what we consider to be what like George Washington group, where it's planting more like corn, and you're allowing, so six inches on center approximately, and you're allowing males and females to be in the field so that you get a seeded crop. And from that, you're able to get a multi-harvest, you know, grain, cannabinoids. Right. 
and then your fiber in herd. So, uh, and that is that makes up right now less than five percent of the entire industry, uh, and right. that's directly related to the lack of processing infrastructure in the United States for that part of the plant. And uh, so, we do serve mostly uh, most. Uh, um, I would say right now, ninety-five percent of our client base is in the cannabinoid um, industry. And okay. uh, we're now working towards regional processing centers uh, that will be able to process various aspects of the industrial hemp plant uh, so that we can uh, actually start to build that sector of the industry. Um, we're in a moment okay. in time where the farmers aren't going to really plant industrial hemp if there's nowhere to take it or they have no way to process it. Exactly. Uh, that means there's no market. So this is a moment in time where if you build it, they will come. So that's what we're working towards now, and that's one of my main focuses. Five years ago, when I decided to support and contribute to the industrial hemp, this is the crop that I was talking about, and I thought that that would happen in a year. Well, it's five years down the road, and here we go. We're just starting to realize that, and because of the laws, that's what I want to concentrate on. So can you get into a little bit more detail on the process and where you plan to really start this uh, processing for the true industrial hemp? Absolutely. So, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of market analysis, uh, understanding, you know, what product lines could we make from industrial hemp that would serve the market today? Um, uh-huh. And, and there's several markets that we really uh, have identified as what we consider to be the low-hanging fruit. A couple of those uh, would be in the evolution of um, what I consider to be retrofit building materials, and, and one of those being OSB board, which is oriented strand board. Um, I look at this industry and know that virtually every building built in the United States today has oriented strand board, OSB board in it, uh, for the subflooring, uh, for the wall sheathing, and for the roofing. Um, okay. And it's about a $365 million or billion dollar industry right now as we know it today. And I think hemp, you know, so we, we look at the industrial hemp versus cannabinoid hemp. Uh, we have a great opportunity to utilize a lot of the stalks and stems from uh, the leftover cannabinoid hemp to actually serve this market. Uh, just based on uh, the size particulates and the way that it gets to that final product that goes or to the final sizing that goes into those products. And there's three different. OSB is just one sector. Um, you also have particle board uh, and also uh, MDF, medium density fiber board. Those are used okay. more in the furniture construction uh, aspect of building. So. And another one um, would be non-wovens, all of your non-woven fabrics um, that you know to be as the cushioning under your chair um, or the padding under carpets or uh, the insulative factor in the door panels of cars. Okay. And so those are two of the um, two of what we consider to be the low-hanging fruit that we are uh, going to be focused on. And there's a lot more. I mean. Uh, we've done some detailed studies of what are the possibilities of industrial hemp um, of the of the products we know today, and then we've worked on reverse engineering those products all the way back to the farmer, so we can identify what processing equipment is it going to take to get there, 
what are our lead times, what are the operational costs, and, and what is our capex? Okay. Our capital expenditure. So where would your your first venture be as to building this? Uh, we're in, in Colorado. Uh, we've got our eyes on several states because of uh, specific situations. Colorado okay. is one, uh, Montana's one, North Carolina's okay. one, um, and we've got projects uh, across the globe too that we are going to be doing uh, similar issues with in Italy, uh, Mexico City, uh, and then in some South American countries as well. So, when do you feel that you may have something up and running? Um, it's going to be about two years before you see it to get into full swing because uh, the first year, again, if you build it, uh, and then they will come. So what we've done is we are working on contracts with farmers uh, for specific varieties of industrial hemp. Um, they'll okay. feed these systems that we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And then, But before that is we've got to build the infrastructure, but we're running that concurrently. Okay. So and then once you build it the year uh the first year, then you mm -hmm. have your you know, your select group of farmers uh actually produce the material and it runs through the machine and then you have proof of concept, then the following year is when you'll be able to really engage the the forward momentum with the with more farmers to fulfill the, the needs of the facility. Okay. All right. Now will you be setting up sort of a what they call co ops with farmers? Um, yeah, my concept actually is the Hemp Technology and Innovation Co-op. So the technology okay. res, uh, relies directly around the innovation or the technologies that we know that exist to produce the products uh, for today. The innovation okay. component is to help inspire innovation within the industry to come up with ways to utilize this crop that we've never known before um, and also directly connected with universities for research and development. Uh, and uh -huh. then the co-op is so we can have buy-in from the, the local people, the farmers, um, so that they have a vested interest in the development of this processing center. Okay. Now, as far as the co-ops, there's, there, there's many kind of co-ops. Would the farmers uh, own part of the co-op themselves, or how would that work? They So there'll be options. Um, so they could they can own part of the co-op and have lesser fees to go in and then also share in the reward of that. Um, or okay. they can use it as a toll processing center where they just bring it in and for, you know, a fee get it tolled or we buy it outright okay. from them. Various ways that they, you can put that together then. Awesome. Yes. So did you feel because of Colorado is uh, – so innovative and out front of everybody else. Do you feel that Colorado will be your first opening of one of these uh, co-ops? Well, there's actually kind of a little bit of competition going on in that, so I'd say that's yet to be seen. Oh, okay. All right. I would venture to say that this is my words, as probably in the Carolinas would be probably the other one. I'll let you guys decide on that. So what else can you tell us about what you guys are doing and what you like to share? Uh, so the other, you know, besides processing of industrial hemp, the other bottleneck we really see is in education. Uh, so uh -huh. we are developing an educational uh, series to create uh, certificates uh, for the industry um, to allow employers to know that a, a potential employee who has passed or went through these different levels of certification 
are actually a, a, a valued employee and asset to bring into their business. Um, and this is called the uh, National Academy of Cannabis Plant Sciences. Um, and oh, okay. we, uh, yeah, so we we are starting that now, um, and then really working close again with universities and uh, departments of agriculture to just you know help facilitate the growth of the industry from uh, internal facing uh, education platform to educate the people okay. within the industry. And um, okay. so I'm also have been selected as a stakeholder uh, in Colorado for the Colorado Hemp Advancement and Management Plan, which is also known as CHAMP organization, um, okay. which was uh, inspired by our governor, Jared Paulus. Um, right. And, and, and that ties into, you know, another big thing coming out of there is that we really need education internally uh, to help advance the industry. So that's one of our goals with that. So you're involved in the infrastructure. Everybody says the infrastructure is not built, and you're one of the companies that said, we're going to build it. I that's like that. correct. We're wor- it's so, worth it for us to invest in the, this infrastructure to help grow the industry. Mm-hmm. And then educate well, the people of how to do it. Exactly. Now, uh, these facilities that you you were build, building, are these uh, mobile uh, or are they fixed uh, facilities? Uh, these will uh, mostly be fixed. Okay. And looking, yeah, and we'll, we'll be looking at teaming up, so we're not looking to necessarily be the owner of uh, of all the facilities. What we want to do is team up with companies who are already doing this and bring them into, you know, a network of um, close to what you, I mean, I look at here in North Carolina, we have Research Triangle Park, so it's close to that kind of idea where you have a massive okay. land with buildings and um, you'll have a main core processing center which will either, you know, which will take the plant material in and then divide it into the usable parts, whether it's through decortication or hammer mill or whatever is necessary to get it to the next uh-huh. line of manufacturing. Uh, and then they'll okay. be shipped out of there to one of the other ancillary buildings that will house the companies who can actually then take it to the next level, which will be for, you know, a product ready to go to a manufacturer to be used in a, a greater product or mm-hmm. sold directly out as a finished product from that mm-hmm. space. Or you could have manufacturers right there, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, based on the regional nature of how this is going to be processed, how far you can actually transport, you know, the plant material to the site, uh, we'll actually have been doing discoveries of, okay, well, what manufacturers are in this area that could, and what products could serve them from this, from the plant, and then making decisions regionally based on what's around us. So again, to really be mindful of the energy it it takes to facilitate the growth in that area. I'm, I like your plans. I like everything that you guys are doing there. It's it's, it's what what needs to be done. And uh, so far I haven't seen anybody take on that position. Uh, well, so, no, I know there's a couple others uh, out there that are interested and um, in pursuing mm-hmm. it. And it's our goal to, you know, partner with those that we can to really help, you know, facilitate again, the forward momentum of this part of the industry because, again, it's it, we're in a time of if you build it, they will come, and that's what we're, yes. that's what we're working on. I like with, that. So. Great. Is there any last words do you want to uh, convey to our audience, uh, Preston? 
Well, I just inspire really everybody to, you know, find their inner passion, their inner drive, and then see how it can relate uh, to the hemp industry and then help us move this forward uh, using the passion that just drives your life. You know, because, again, it's uh, in the development of an industry like this, it takes a lot of work, and you want to make sure that you're driven from a place deep within. So no matter how much you've had to work, it just keeps inspiring you to move forward. So uh, we need everybody right now. This is a team effort. This is not one person or one company who can do this. It takes us all. Well, person, I want to thank you for being a guest on the IHAMP Revolution podcast. And thank you. Well, thank you, Coach Frey. I really appreciate it. appreciate you connecting with me and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us, and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHempRevolution.